Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Jessica Stevens here, your host of I Just Blank Now What? Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for another amazing Now What Wednesday. I am so super grateful to each and every one of our listeners who join us each and every week. So whether you are a longtime loyal podcast listener from season one or you're new to the show, big welcome and thank you so much. I know there are a million podcasts out there that you could be listening to, so I'm super grateful that you are taking the time to listen to mine. So today on the show, we are getting very vulnerable. Well, that's not anything new on this show. That's the name of the game over here at I Just Blank Now What? And my guest is Bianca Hughes, and she is going to be sharing a personal story very personal story, actually, about the time when she found out that she had a sexually transmitted disease. So she's going to be unpacking what happened when she found out that she had herpes and how she reacted and what happened after that. So before we get to her full story, let's learn a little bit about Bianca. She is setting boundaries and breaking barriers, known for authenticity and heart work services. Bianca is the ultimate trailblazer in the mental health and wellness field as a therapist, coach, speaker, and podcast host, inspiring her audience to let go of the illusion of perfectionism. Bianca helps women overwhelmed with perfectionism connect to their inner selves to essentially embrace their imperfections and authentically be themselves. Her podcast, It Didn't Break Me, creates a space for honest and vulnerable conversations. Her guests share their stories on the messy stuff they didn't think they'd come back from, yet here they still are. I was very honored to be a guest on her show, and I believe that one's coming out real soon too. So without further ado, let's get to the now what. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friends, have you ever had that I just feel so bloated now what moment? (laughs) Me too, and that's when I reach for my Greens Gut Glow Drink. Yep, I can sip my way to healthier looking skin, support my digestive system, and get an extra scoop of greens all in one bundle that helps me de-bloat. This nutritious trinity includes three of my favorite Arbonne nutrition products, Be Well Superfood Greens, Gut Health Digestion and Microbiome Support, and Skin Elixir Collagen Support. I drink this every day. The greens, just one scoop of this versatile vegan superfood powder, delivers a blend of 36 fruits and vegetables in each serving for a boost of greens, featuring fiber, photonutrients, along with a natural deep green color courtesy of blue-green algae derived from spirulina, chlorelia, wheatgrass, and barleygrass. Just one scoop provides me with the benefits of eating a full color spectrum of fruits and vegetables. Minding my gut's microbiome is a must, and this delicate balance of bacteria helps support favorable gut flora. 
Designed to support the benefits of a healthy diet, this plant-powered natural health product mixes easily with water, so its blend of probiotics and enzymes can work synergistically with my body to help support gastrointestinal health. Its ingredients include inulin from chicory root and 3 billion CFUs of Bacillus coagulant probiotics, plus enzymes that act as a digestive aid. This natural health product helps support favorable gut flora while helping to digest proteins and contains ginger, which traditionally used in herbal medicine to help relieve digestive upset. For the glow, I'm sipping my way to healthier looking skin. This acai or dragon fruit flavored vegan natural health product features antioxidant vitamin C to help in collagen formation to maximize healthy bones, cartilage, teeth, and gums, silicone and biotin to support healthy hair, skin, and nails, and a blend of sea buckthorn fruit extract, pine bark extract, and vitamin C for antioxidants. This vegan natural health product provides beneficial ingredients for my skin, hair, and nails. So head to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and use promo code ARBON10 to get 10% off your Greens Gut Glow Bundle. That's jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and promo code ARBON10 gets you 10% off. Or just click the link in the show notes and get your Greens Gut Glow Bundle all in one click. Well, hello, hello, Bianca. Hello, Jessica. <laughs> so good to see you. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is a pleasure. I am. I'm ready. I love to talk, so I'm ready. Okay, good. Well, this is a talk show, so it's a really <laughs> good thing that you like to talk, or we would be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I just read your awesome bio to everybody in the intro, but I always ask guests to share in their own words something about yourself that you want the people to know about you. Something I'd like people to know is I am a human. <laughs> I'm being so serious because sometimes people forget and sometimes I forget I'm human and I go through challenges just like anyone else, especially someone who's a therapist. They often sometimes they forget we're human. And then because I'm so well put together, like my sister said recently, I just didn't think you have any troubles. So I think that is something I would love people to know is that I'm a human who makes mistakes, who messes up and has bad days. Oh, that is such a good reminder for all of us. And okay, listeners, <laughs> Bianca is human and so are you. And so whatever you're going through today, give yourself some grace and give some people around you some grace, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine if we walked through life with the lens of everybody's going through something, with how different we would probably respond and react and treat people if we made that assumption that they're going through something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I try to remind myself of that. Good reminder. Okay. So we're going to jump into this hot topic of a story of yours. Um, mm -hmm. And we're not, we're not pulling any punches. We're not sugarcoating anything. We're going to give the raw deal. And I love that about you and about this show that we're having some real hard, honest conversations. So your story is, I just found out I have herpes. Now what? Yes. So now what is, so I found out twice. 
So okay. I want to explain people. And this is this is one of the reasons why I really like to share my story. I didn't do the in quotation mark, I didn't do the right thing. I didn't do what you're supposed to do. So I was first diagnosed in my early 20s. And well, I was told, oh, like I had gone for a checkup, a gynecology, and it, and it was like, oh, I think you might have had herpes. So it was not confirmed. So then now what is I'm told that. And then I'm like, well, he didn't confirm anything. So I guess I'm going to go with, I don't have anything. I didn't look into it anymore. I didn't want to do a follow-up. I didn't want to know. You dug your head in the sand and pretended it didn't, did not exist. Absolutely. Fair <laughs> enough. And and I'm sure you and 90% of the population would have done the same thing. Yeah. And that's why I like to share this story. So I probably maybe asked some questions. No one said anything that they had anything. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go with no. And oh, sorry, you were asking, pre- you were asking partners. Time. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. And so I went with no, because there's so much shame, you know, so much stigma. You know, you think about, oh my gosh, if this is true, you know, what are people going to say about me? What does that mean for my future? Is anyone want to be with me? Anything like that? So I was like, I'm just going to keep my mouth quiet. So I did. And Of course, I continue to have sexual partners. So then, and this is not okay. Can I just tell everyone? This is not okay. It is irresponsible. However, I know people who do it and have still do it. So I'm not alone in this. Mm -hmm. That's why I like to share this story. So then fast forward, I go to move to America. So I moved to America when I was 26. Sorry, I prefer to say I am from London. Let's <laughs> forget. But <laughs> let me make they that might clear. Have, they might have caught that. Yeah, I think the I accent, that up. Just officially, everyone, she is talking about the United Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is when I was living in London. And so I moved with my, when I was around 26. And I think it was maybe about a year or two later, I'd gone to the dermatologist for something else and they confirmed the herpes. Okay. So again, I was petrified. And again, I still had one or two partners and I still did not say anything. But one of them was a like a, a friend of a friend who was in this group of friends. And so we had mutual friends and then a mutual friend knew, but the partner didn't know. So I was like, okay. So I talked to my friends about this and I kind of like, this is when I was starting to more like tell people, tell my friends what I was going through. And one of my friends is like, you got to tell him. And I'm like, oh my God, I cannot tell him. And then, you know, I did. And of course he was devastated and asking me all these questions. Da, 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 da. And I just felt so embarrassed, so guilty, so shameful, just devastated that I had done this to somebody else and put someone else in this position because of my own stuff. And I, from that day on, I decided, okay, I'm going to be honest about this and and begin. I didn't, I I don't know why I want to say I begin to accept it, but I was going to be honest and wasn't going to hide it. That was my decision. You were, you owned it. Yes. Accepting something and owning something. Oh, very fine line. So you're, you're owning it, even Mm -hmm. if you haven't fully accepted it yet. Yes. And then there was someone else I told and I, they were really devastated and they didn't want to talk to me. Of course, eventually they came around maybe a year or so later. So the two people that it did happen with, 
they were quite gracious eventually offers, especially the first person I told. So I was probably lucky in that area where some people might not be. So I, I was very grateful for that. And then the support from my friends in normalizing and helping to deal with the shame. Okay. So how did you bring it up with your friend circle? Was it ladies? I'm assuming these are girlfriends that you're talking to. Both. Both. Okay. Both female and male friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, hey gang. I got, I got a thing. And I, were you asking them for support in you dealing with it or in support of how to tell, how to tell those other people? What was the initial like reason mm-hmm. why you started to tell you? T- what, how, how, like, why was the, Why did you tell that very first person? I don't even remember the first person I told, but I think at that time it was like, I can't keep this in anymore. Mm. I, and I, I think I just felt I think when it was, of course, confirmed the second time, I was like, you know, kept to myself. But, you know, I think there's something about me. There's only so long I could keep. I can't I can't lie. I can't keep, you know, not when something's I can keep things confidential. But, you know, there's a difference between privacy and a secret. And I was keeping a secret Mm -hmm. and I can't keep a secret like that. I don't think that your integrity would would not allow you to keep this. a secret. That's the word I was trying to look for. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so, so you just needed, you needed a release and it happened to be this first friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was what really was, about one or two friends. What was their reaction? They were encouraging and they were supportive. They weren't asking too many questions mm-hmm. and they weren't like, they're like, okay, this is be okay. And I think in particular, I really appreciate it from one of my male friends, especially because he's a male, right? And so to hear that from a male, that it's okay, this doesn't change who you are. Oh, mm-hmm. get me te- teary. <laughs> this doesn't change who you are. This doesn't change your worth. You're still Bianca. You're still my B. You're still cool. And we'll get through this. So I think hearing those words help normalize it. And specifically, especially from a male, a male friend, it, it's different. You know, maybe if I was into, if I was attracted to females, it might be different, but I think that was, that was very powerful. Because knowing that someone of the opposite gender, whom you could, who knows eventually, yes, he was a friend, but who knows in the future, something could have developed more between you two as friends that he, even with this knowledge, valued you, honored Mm -hmm. you. Found mm-hmm. you still found you attractive and all of those things, I guess, gave you hope that another male like him is out there for you. Exactly. And I think that's the exact word is that it gave me hope. I'm not saying that everything was okay, mm-hmm. but it gave me hope. It gave me strength to remain in my integrity and, 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 and continue to be honest about that when, when I felt like it was necessary. Of course, you're not going to tell everyone up front. Mm-hmm. But when that time came, I, I I felt like that was that was helpful for that. Yeah. So what was it like telling that first partner? <laughs> it was nerve wracking. It was very nerve wracking. I was nervous. I was scared. I was shaking. But he was fine. And I remember telling my telling one of my girlfriends and I was like guess what he said it's okay and she's like what she was like yes and we was like yay <laughs> I remember that 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 I remember
remember that part. I, it was probably more exciting talking to my girlfriend about it than probably talking to the partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were both like, yes, yes. And then I've also been, you know, been been close to being sexually intimate with someone and I told them and they were like, uh, no. So I've experienced both reactions. Yeah, I've experienced both reactions. But I just was like, okay, you know, I'm still devastated. You know, you still feel the shame, the rejection. But for me, it was like the experience of the yes. I still have the interest. So I don't. And and the first partner I told that was in the friend group, we still kind of like messed around afterwards. So it was you still like, had you still had relations after <laughs> learning about the news. So it didn't change it. So that was another thing too. So question, do you ever wonder where you can, who you contracted it from? Yes. And I just not worrying about it because that's not something that serves you. Yeah. And because of the way herpes are, you just might never, ever know, because if the person, the person might not know themselves, you can be a carrier and pass it on and not know. So you can ask someone and they tell you no, but you know, of course, the test, um, you're not tested for it. You have to request it to be tested for it. It's not in the standard SDD, STD testing. That's shocking. Know. That's shocking, by the way. Yeah, I know. That it's, not in the, in that, that it's not in the standard panel, that mm-hmm. that has to be especially requested. Can mm-hmm. you test me for mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. And then you also have to think if someone has a cold sore, which is still herpes, so you can you can still pass it on if you're having, of course, oral sex that way, too. So it might not be from sexual contact, you know, bodily contact. It could be from the mouth. And that was the other thing I always help you about the education, because mm-hmm. once you're educated and you understand about it, it just shifts your whole perspective. And so I think that because of knowing all those facts, I'm like, what's the point? What difference? It makes no difference to me to know it changes nothing in my life changes nothing got it okay so you kind of like bless and release that and it doesn't take up space in your thoughts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. got it so you're just solely focused on you and you're cleaning up your mess of telling your previous partners did you Mm -hmm. did you end up going back and telling anyone further in your past I did actually I did I'm glad you asked that I did one of them was like I wish you told me, but they were still fine. There's like, I wish you had just been honest with me. Why don't you tell me? And of course I told them I was scared. Da, 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 da. And, you know, they were, they were irritated and a bit frustrated, of course, but they were also supportive too. So that didn't, again, that didn't deter them. So, <laughs> and, and I want to say that, I want to say that having herpes does not deter people from having sex with you I think that's very important to say I am personally not sexually active I'm just abstinent yeah when I was it wasn't a deterrent it's not and I think that's the biggest fear especially for women more so the men that no man is going to want to be with me that's how I felt I'm dirty all of these things and it's not it, it that's not true what did you do need to do? What exercises? <laughs> what what mind mapping did you need to do to get you to that point of not believing that about yourself? So I 
like to tell people that I know some people do some soul searching after they find the diagnosis. Again, I was at that point of owning it. I wouldn't say I was like going, being intentional about accepting it. I think my own personal journey of being in relationships, romantic relationships, and them not working out and not being what I wanted or where I wanted to be, mm-hmm. put me in a position to get closer to God and learn about who I am and my identity. And I think in that process, things changed. So that probably took maybe two, three years later before things changed within me, because, you know, the fact that I'm here talking about it, I would never have, I would never share this with anyone, like except my closer friends or people who needed to know. But you can clearly see I'm just in that point in my life now where, because this was maybe you know, you're thinking 10 years later where I'm in the point where I'm, I'm, I'll am i share it with the world and I just don't care. So I think for me, the biggest thing is just becoming secure in who I am in God mm-hmm. and, and as in Christ and being confident in that and seeing who I am and the value in I am that who I am, who Bianca is, not so much my body. That was the shift. That was the biggest shift for me, I think. How long do you think it took you to get to that space? And obviously there was some darker days before the epiphany and the light, right? So let's take the listeners through a little bit of this journey for anyone who might be like, I'm in the depths of my sorrow at the moment, or I am, I'm still full of shame. What were some of the things that you did to help climb out of that shame hole? You know, this is the thing I always talk about accountability and support and get, and being with people who are going through similar things. Mm-hmm. because then you don't feel so alone. You don't feel like you're crazy and you don't feel like you're isolated. So I think at that time when I, you know, finally accepted and having the friends there to support me, and I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, having guys be okay with wanting to sleep with me regardless, honestly, at that time, that was good enough for me. And then when I came to the point like, oh, I'm just making these same patterns, they're not working. I think having people who were also not feeling secure in their identity and their sense of worth. Mm-hmm. I think that was that's important because that's what it's really about when it comes to finding out you have this diagnosis and not being okay. It's really about your sense of worth and your identity. Mm-hmm. So I was in a support group for about two years every week. <laughs> I was, you know, finding everything I could about identity, about, you know, worth, and becoming secure in that. So I was mean, that I support group, everybody mm-hmm. there dealing with an STI or was it no you know, about identity in, in body image or lo- like love worthiness? Was it all across no. the board? No, actually it was a purity group because I just didn't want to have sex anymore, but okay. we didn't, we didn't talk about not having sex. That was the craziest thing. We talked about identity and worth. You would have thought, yeah, most, and that's what she always said. What's the point in telling you not to have sex? You're going to do it anyway. But it was more, for me personally, in my life, that was always, that was like my vice. That was the thing that was troubling me. So I just was like, I don't want to do this anymore because this isn't working for me. But that's what I learned about more about my identity and being a door of God. That's what everyone else went for. So we was like, yeah, we kind of over having sex. This is not working for us. And that's what we bonded. That was the thing we came into. And then we all thought like we all had like self-worth stuff going on. 
Wow, that's really interesting. So finding your group wasn't actually other people who were experiencing the same thing as you. They were experiencing a byproduct experience of you. Exactly. Right? Like it wasn't about the STI, other people in this group, that was not their thing. But you saying, I don't want to be sexually active anymore outside Mm of a, you know, final partnership. That's what connected all of you. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's what connected us. I know. It's such a roundabout way. Like I don't, and I like to say that because people feel like it's linear. Like my journey is not linear. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it's like, oh, I, I got this thing going on in me that I need help with. And you find the help and you realize, oh, really, it's something else. <laughs> it's not what, I, but I feel like that's it with anything. I feel like if I went to a group that was about for people that had the STIs, I think it still would have been the same thing. I still would have come back to that sense of identity and work. I still think it would have been the same. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Okay, so now what? So now you are abstaining. Mm -hmm. Are you dating? I like to tell people I'm open to dating, Mm -hmm. um, meaning there's not no one I'm dating, but if I meet someone, yeah, I'd go on a date. I like to say that. I don't (laughs) like to be like, it's a state of something happening. Yeah, so- because you are in a state of abstinence right now and, you know, people you are dating because there's, you have no intention of having a physical relationship with them. Do you still bring it up? Do you still talk about it? About the STI, you mean? Yeah. No, because it hasn't got that far, okay. but I was dating someone that we were intimate and it didn't get that far, but I, I kind of told them before it got any further, but mm-hmm. we didn't really go too far. So I didn't really, but I ended up telling them anyway. So they kind of knew. But now, no, it's not gotten to that stage. But now I'm like, but you can kind of Google it anyway. So. <laughs> I just blank. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> on the podcast. This is you out can, there in the world. Yeah. If you Google my name and you search hard enough, there are my stories on my podcast. So it's like, yeah. I think my approach to sex and conversation around sex is different. So I think mm-hmm. there's a big difference between talking about sex, the act and the intimacy versus what I want to do in the bed. So of course I'm a therapist. So we talk about all kinds of stuff around sex. So it's very much more open. So if it came up in conversation, I would have no problem sharing. I mean, it's on a podcast, so I don't. <laughs> yeah, clearly you, you you don't have any, you know, barriers to, to speaking about it at this point in the stage. Yeah, I don't have any. So it's totally fine for me. Not a problem. What about your family? Oh, that's a good question. So, I'm the interviewer. I, I got the goods here. <laughs> <laughs> so I only told my mom. Okay. And then everyone else found out when it was on a podcast. Yeah. What, it's so what funny. Was, what was your mom's reaction? My mom was like, thank you for telling me. I appreciate you telling me. And she was supportive. She was thankful that I told her. I think she was more thankful that I told her. And then I told her, and then I told her, oh, I'm going to share it on a podcast. I told her. I don't know how long ago I told her quite a few years. And then a few days later, I was like, oh, I'm going to share it on the podcast. And then she listened to it and she was like, that was really good. And then I was talking to one of my sisters the other day. She's like, yeah, I didn't know that about you. And I'm like, yeah, it's on the podcast. So I just, if you listen to it, you happen to listen. If you didn't, yeah. you didn't. Yeah. I just wasn't trying to go into it. So you didn't make uh, it a big deal, but you weren't, you were, you were not underplaying it, but you were not making mm-hmm. it into mm-hmm. something that needed to have a conversation with people who, Clearly, it would never physically impact because you would be not having yeah. relations with anyone in your family. 
Exactly. And then I think one of my uncles had commented that he was really proud of me for sharing. So I think that was it. Yeah. What do you, what do you think was the biggest relief or release for you when you cleaned up your mess, when you were back in being in integrity and you started to share it? What did you have physical changes about you? Like if there's anyone listening who is literally like struggling with keeping a secret, it doesn't even need to be this Mm -hmm. specific secret, Mm -hmm. but any secret, if someone's holding Mm -hmm. a secret right now, what is, what helped, what was the benefit physically to you when you released Mm -hmm. that secret to the world? I think freedom because freedom to be my authentic self and freedom to know and to know that it's okay that I don't have to wear this mask or be something else or pretend that everything's okay when it's not. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that freedom and not having that stress, because it was kind of like before I, you know, my, my first podcast was authentic Wednesdays and it was everyone sharing their authentic self, but I hadn't shared about the herpes. Right. And I was like, I can't do this podcast anymore and not share. It was that burning desire. Because I was like, I don't feel like I'm being honest. I don't feel like I'm being real. And I'm not saying to people that you have to share everything about you. I'm saying for me, I knew. In the space that you were in. Yeah, yeah, I knew that it was needed. I knew that. So I think that it was, again, that relief that, okay, I'm not holding in that secret anymore. (laughs) I'm okay now. Well, everyone knows. Okay, that's it. I'm good. Like it's that relief. It's that I don't have to hold this in. And again, it goes back to, to me, it was a secret. It wasn't about the privacy mm-hmm. for me and what I'm called to do, what Bianca's meant to do, which is to be very vulnerable and open. I know mm-hmm. that's about me. It was a secret. It was a secret. Yeah. It takes a lot of energy to keep a secret. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. If we were to visualize this for the listeners, it's kind of like taking a beach ball, which is the secret and trying to keep it submerged underwater. Like just think about like how much focus and energy Mm -hmm. you need to put in holding that beach ball underneath the surface of the Mm -hmm. water all day long. Mm -hmm. Like that is exhausting. I like that analogy that, yeah. Cause that's impossible to keep the beach ball underwater. Right. But if you just like released it and let it come to the surface Mm -hmm. and float the way it is, meant to float. Yeah. And you are no longer expending energy trying to, to keep it from doing what it needs to do. And that is be released. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you can control when that releases because who knows like when your arms are going to give out, it could be at the most inopportune time <laughs> when that like explodes. So you decide, yeah, I'm going to release this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So I always like to ask this question. Now what? Where are you right now? Where am I right now today? Of course, I've shared my story with the world. That's why you guys are listening here Mm -hmm. to listen. And I think that me personally, I have taken my power back and and I'm securing who I am as a person Mm -hmm. and not in allowing the shame or the stigma to define who I am. So I think that's an important factor is that I have taken my fully taken my power back from the stigma of herpes, of genital herpes, and and can freely talk about it without that shame, without that embarrassment, without that fear. I think that's the biggest thing is that I've taken my power back. 
I love that for you. I'm so, I'm so happy for you because yeah, living in messy shame is mm-hmm. no place to be, no place yeah. to be. Yeah. So you are, you said you're open to the idea of dating. Yes. <laughs> Why you got someone for me today? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll have to think about that. I have been told that I'm a very good matchmaker. So what do you want for your future? Personally, professionally? Well, you know, is there really a life is so messy right now, personal and professional that often blends, blends yeah, lines, they do. right? Um, so what are you excited about for your future? What is it that, you know, you're hoping for you in your life? So I would say, you know, professionally, you know, I have this business, Authentically Be You Counseling, which is therapy, you know, podcasts. I now have an ebook out too. So to continue to do those things and do those things well and include in speaking, I think that personally, I definitely do, of course, do want to be married and do want to have children. So I do want that that long-term relationship and continue to enjoy life and do what I'm called to do and, and travel, travel luxuriously. I like to add that part, travel <laughs> luxuriously. I think but you need to be really clear when you're manifesting. You're like, I want to travel the world. How do you want to do that? Do yeah, you want to do no, that travel like, luxuriously or luxuriously. No. Yeah, good, good qualifier. Yes, travel luxuriously, which I've been doing, actually. I've been doing that well this year. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Yeah. So those those are the those are the biggest things that are most important for me. And I think just staying connected and true to who I am and my spiritual foundation, those things are important to me to maintain that. And I think sometimes, you know, not having too many goals. <laughs> Cause that could be overwhelming. So yeah. that's why it's like just whatever I have and maintain what I have and just feed into those things. Cause I could be like, Oh, this next idea or all oh, that next idea. So probably mine is more or less goals than not having yeah. too many. You and I probably have very similar personalities of being multi passionate. Yeah. Oh, I love that word, <laughs> but you're also multi-talented. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that you're actually very good at. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you are when you excel in, in many areas of life, it's really hard for some people to narrow it down and been like, all right, this is the thing. I learned that about myself. I'm like, I can't just do one thing. Like I need mm-hmm. to do a bunch of stuff to make me feel balanced, to make me feel fulfilled in, mm-hmm. in different quadrants of my life. But yeah, it can get out of hand sometimes. You're like, ooh, I'm going to do DIY this. I'm going to make an, an Oh, I want to do like the ideas are mm-hmm. never ending. I'm not as bad as some people. I have other friends who probably have like a laundry list of URLs that they have just gone and reserved for future <laughs> business wow. ideas or creative ideas. They just go and buy the URL and like park it just so that, you know, when they're ready to come back to it, they can without the rush and the pressure of like, I got to make this thing happen because this is a great idea and I need that URL. I am not that, I'm not in that space, but I do have a lot of stuff that I, I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I want to do this. So yes, mm-hmm. I can completely relate and understand you have been like, my goal is to do maybe less, yes. fewer things, fewer yes. things, but we're going to do them really well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. I love um, that. So where can people find you? Where do you like to hang out? Where on the interwebs are you? Then my favorite is Instagram, authentically be you, and that's B-E-Y-O-U. And that's also the name of my website, authenticallybeyou.com. And I'm getting into LinkedIn. 
Bianca Hughes. Those are the things. And then also Pinterest. I heard, you know what? Should I tell you a funny story? I would always send my clients to Pinterest for ideas. And then I'm like, why do you not have a Pinterest place? Why? I'm always sending my clients, my therapy clients. So that's where I'm building up. And then of course the podcast, it didn't break me. And then my new ebook that's it's it's okay to be imperfect, just helping you with tools and resources with that perfectionism. It's the book. I say it's the ebook I wish I had when I discovered I was struggling with perfectionism. So those are all the places and things you can connect with me in different ways. So yeah. I love it. I love it. And wow, now that I know that you were a former perfectionist, my final question for you is did having herpes play a big role in helping you break the desire to be perfect? You know, I've never thought about that because I didn't really realize I was struggling with perfectionism to after. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was yeah. the gateway to like, like, like it, yeah. to, to figuring it, that part about it, that part of yourself about, right? I would say that I would probably say more so that, which is the reason I didn't tell is because I was dealing with that perfectionism and there was just no way. So I think that that probably was a big, never thought about that. You're so so silver Jessica. lining, your herpes yes. led you to learn about your perfectionism and help you mm-hmm. squash it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it did indirectly because I never had a name to it at the time. But now as you're talking about it, yeah, it probably did in a big way. Look at you, Jessica. Thanks. It's like Being a therapist like, up like, here and everything. <laughs> it's like we've never done this before or something. Yes. <laughs> love it. I love when we when I have, you know, epiphany moments with my guests yeah, on the show. And good. and just, you know, that's the thing. That's why we have to have conversations. That's mm-hmm. why we need to talk about things to people because sometimes that other person can just put a little perspective, a little spin, and plant that seed of, mm-hmm. oh, wait a minute. And they just help connect a dot. Yeah, you really did. Yeah. Now I'm going to go home and be thinking about that. Excellent. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you for uncovering that other nugget. Yeah. All right. So gang, that is it for us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of I Just Blank. Now what? If this episode resonated with you, I hope it did. Please give it a like, a share. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already on whatever favorite podcast platform you listen to. And if you know somebody else who is going through this situation or something similar, Please, please, please share this episode with them. It just may help them figure out their own now what. All right, that's it for us. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.